Welcome back to Hammer Time. I'm your host, Amr Hatoum. If this is your first time tuning in, I welcome you. Uh, this is a podcast whose goal is to provide insight and motivation for those of you on your journey of success, as well as tactics to tackling this thing we call life. Um, I am a small business owner as well as an entrepreneur that went out on my own at the end of 2018 and took over Gear Up Surplus, a small military surplus retail store that was on the verge of closing. Since then, we have been able to successfully turn things around, remain open, and experience uh, some success that we hope to sustain for years, years to come. I try to provide lessons I've learned on my journey as well as lessons I continue to learn along with bringing in other guests on their journey of success to share their stories. On today's episode, we have a special guest in Sarah Shahab, who is actually a TV morning anchor out in California. She shares her journey so far, as well as provides insight on the benefits of being direct, both in the workplace and in life, and giving feedback as well as receiving feedback to benefit you on your journey of success. After that interview, we will end this episode like we end every episode with a quote of the episode. So without further ado, I welcome you to another episode of Hammer Time. Let's get to work. Very pleased to uh, welcome my second ever guest on the podcast and first guest uh, who I will be interviewing remotely, virtually if you will, somebody I have known for a while and whose journey of success has begun to already happen and blossom. Um, it is my pleasure to welcome Sarah Shaheb. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Thank you, Amber. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm so delighted that I was invited to come on here. I'm a big fan. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so uh, for those who don't know who you are, can you just give them a quick rundown of who you are, what you do, uh, and what Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I'm one of those women that's not fearful of saying my age. I think it gives perspective and how long it takes to get to where people are in their careers. So uh, Sarah Shayev from uh, Michigan originally, 29 years old, uh, and I now live in Bakersfield, California, where I'm working as a morning news anchor for a CBS and Fox affiliated TV station. Uh, where I do the morning news. Uh, I've been a journalist for four years now, working in television news. Started off in Toledo, Ohio. Made the jump here to Bakersfield about two years ago. And uh, I absolutely love my profession. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of adrenaline that comes with it, uh, with breaking news and trying to tackle stories and get all the info and details. Um, so it's been, it's been quite the ride, I have to say. Oh, I can only imagine. Um, <laughs> so, so obviously to get to where you're at, it takes time. Um, it takes hard work. But before we get into that journey there, did you always know you wanted to do this? You know, it's funny. Um, I, I don't think I knew growing up at the time, but in hindsight, when you look back at your journey, you know, you find this common thread throughout every chapter of your life. And for me, uh, journalism was always around. Um, as a kid in elementary school, oddly enough, I gave the morning announcements, which is very no similar kidding. to what I do now. Um, and in high school, I worked for the school newspaper. 
Um, and then when I got to college, you know, I was a little confused about what I wanted to do. Like probably a lot of young people out there, I think 18 years old is very, it's a very hard age to decide what you're going to do for the rest of your, of your life. So, um, I studied communications and, you know, I thought, you know, it's pretty general enough where I'd be able to find a path that would work for me, whether that was PR, marketing, uh, communications, uh, in general, doing some research, um, or the journalism route. And that's, and that's what I took, but, um, yeah, on, on my college campus, I went to the University of Michigan, go blue, got to put that uh, plug <laughs> in there. Um, you know, I, I worked for my uh, school newspaper there as an opinion columnist. And I also was working for my TV station there on campus. So um, it started to take shape that I wanted to do this, I would say, probably my sophomore year of college. Okay. And then you mentioned you were a journalist for four years before you are in the role you're at today as a morning anchor. So um, in, in conjunction with my time spent in Toledo and here in Bakersfield altogether, I've been a working professional in this field for four years. Come November, actually, will mark um, four years for me. So um, one other thing I just want to mention, too, um, that I, I left out uh, that I think is really important, a part of the journey was right after undergrad, I did go to grad school for a journalism degree to get my master's um, from Northwestern. So, um, you know, unfortunately, U of M didn't have a journalism program. So that's why I decided to further my education, which helped catapult me to get the job that I got in Toledo before coming here. Okay, awesome. So the first job in Toledo, what exactly was it? Similar to what you have now? So that was a morning reporter position. Um, and for anyone that's not familiar <laughs> with what that entails. Um, so my alarm clock has been set for the last four years, everyone at um, between two and two 30 in the morning wow. uh, to wake, to wake me up. So in Toledo, um, for those that aren't familiar with the Midwest, it's very snowy and cold. So um, for two years while I was there, I woke up in the middle of the night. And if there was breaking news, uh, I'd be outside for hours in the snow or whatever, you know, the, the story was or whatever the season was. Um, so you, you know, report on local issues, whether that's, um, you know, just because of recency of the election. I'll use that as an example, whether it's, you know, getting folks ready to vote. Um, or, you know, whatever the big story is of, of the Toledo community, that's kind of what I would be on. It was always live, live TV, interviewing people, um, or covering breaking news like house fires or, you know, things like that. So, um, that's what that job entailed. And now I'm a, I'm a morning news anchor. So now I'm indoors. I stay behind the desk. Um, and I really do miss reporting sometimes, but, uh, the difference with being an anchor is that you have access to a bathroom whenever you want, which <laughs> you don't get as a reporter sometimes in the field. Um, and you know, you get to wear heels and dress up a little more where in the field, you're definitely, you know, getting down and dirty, needless to say. Sure. So, so you mean to tell me that. Before you got in the position you're at now where you're, you're a little bit more comfortable and in front of the camera regularly, you had to work your uh -huh. ass off and be put into situations. Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Blood, sweat, and tears is um, not just a cliche term. I directly applies to what I did. <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, we always joke in the TV world that we've, what you do in the field stays in the field mm-hmm. because you definitely, uh, have to do some things to get creative uh, when you are away from, you know, an establishment. If you're in the middle of a field, a cornfield, which has happened to me, I can't tell you how many occasions, mm. um, you know, you got to roll the punches. So, yeah, you got to go through some stuff before you can rise. You got you got to roll them sleeves up, put in the hard work, and soon enough, it'll always pay off. So, absolutely. You have, uh, you've transitioned from, obviously, the Midwest to... Uh, California, sunny California. I don't know if it's as sunny as Florida, um, not to start a rivalry <laughs> here, but um, <laughs> l- let's, okay. let's talk a little bit about that transition for you. Was it an easy adaptation? What challenge did you face? Um, if you want to mm-hmm. just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So very, it, hey, if you've been to Michigan, you know, California is very different. The biggest thing being um, the climate, obviously. Um, And that kind of prompted the move, um, as well as at the time, my sister was living in Southern California, um, where my nephews were living as well. And I kind of wanted to be closer to them and be a part of their lives more. Um, So, you know, I got this great opportunity here in Bakersfield, which is in the Central Valley of California. For those that aren't familiar, I'll be honest, I had not heard of Bakersfield um, before seeing the job posted on, uh, you know, whatever job board I saw at the time. Um, but it is about an hour and a half, hour 45 minutes, depending on how fast you drive, um, from Los Angeles, northeast of Los Angeles. Um, we are the ninth largest city in California, just to give people a perspective. Okay. But, um, you know, the move was prompted for familial reasons. The, I needed better weather. I'm very, you know, uh, outdoorsy and spending time outside and the sunshine, as you know, living in Florida mm-hmm. makes a really big difference. Um, but the move itself, you know, was was great. My brother drove me across the country. We did a road trip and that was exciting. But, you know, um, there's no way to talk about 2020 without bringing up the pandemic and all the implications that have come along with that. Mm-hmm. And I'd say the biggest challenge is just being away from family, you know, like many people are experiencing right now, whether you're in the same state of someone that you love or you're across the country, it's hard because you can't see people in the same capacity. So I would say that that's probably been the hardest part is like, you know, if I miss my mom, I can't just drive an hour and a half like I could in Toledo, um, you know, to go give her a hug. Now it's, you know, across the country where it makes things a little more difficult. So I'd say the distance of, of that has been hard, but again, we make our choices for a reason. Right. And I still don't regret moving here. It's been, it's been a really good opportunity for me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's obviously relatable. Everybody going through different things with the pandemic. So definitely feel you on that. From speaking with you off of uh, off of the record, you you did mention to me a few things that you feel are important to kind of discuss, um, as well <laughs> as our contributing factors to anybody's journey of success. And with you being a reporter and in the news industry, uh, I think this is a great segue to kind of talk about you know being direct, um, both mm-hmm. in the workplace, whether you know it's it's with your coworkers. Or if you're in an industry like I am with your customers or vendors you deal with, and as well as from a personal standpoint with, you know, wanting to grow and contribute to other people's success and them to yours. So being direct, what would you say 
that has contributed to your journey so far? And how should people go about being direct, I guess, in order to move ahead and better themselves? Yeah, um, that was a fantastic introduction to this. Um, So I'm a communications uh, major. That's what I studied in in undergrad at at U of M. Mm. Um, So I, I, I feel like, you know, studying it, living it as a journalist. Um, I, I don't know if I want to consider myself an expert necessarily in this field, but let's just say I do have experience in this. And, um, you know, I also taught, uh, at Bakersfield college, I taught a communications, uh, course. So, um, this is, you know, this is kind of something I've immersed myself in for the last couple of years. And, uh, Yeah, I find that being direct is something that I've adopted, um, I'd say probably over the last um, few years, just in this role, you have to be an effective communicator. Um, You know, that's, that's my industry, you have to be able to do that. But something that I notice, and not just in the work world, um, but also just in every day is people are so apprehensive to just say what they mean and say what they feel and get to the point. I find that people dance around things and you would just cut down so much time if you would just be direct, say what you, um, what you want and not be, you know, um, apologetic about it, but obviously doing it in a very respectful way. Sure. Um, so, you know, I'm sure that you found that too, Amber, with working with your vendors and customers that, you know, when you are just open and honest and straight to the point, you know, it, it, it's more efficient. You're getting things done faster. I'm sure your customers and vendors appreciate that you are uh, just getting right to the point and not wasting their time either. Absolutely. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, I just feel being um, straight to the point is, you know, is, is vital Um, And I will say, and and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, but I think it's different for a man and woman too, you know? Okay. Um, How how so? I I think with, with women, you know, a lot of women are, I don't want to say fearful because Mm -hmm. I don't want to, um, you know, put down those that, that are not that way. But I think a lot of women are apprehensive to be direct because, is this a PG thirteen podcast? Am I allowed to say? You, you say, a word? say what you want. This is a, this okay. is a safe, uh, safe environment here. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Well, you know, I think that women are fearful of coming off as a bitch, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you are, so, so that I mean, you know, I, I pride myself on being direct. You'll never wonder how I feel because I'll tell you. Sure. And again, it's not in a rude way, but it's a very, um, you know this is how I feel about this. And this is how this is, these are the facts. This is what happened. And this is what needs to happen going forward. I feel that, um, you know, yeah, I think that people sugarcoat things in, in fear of coming off as well. Oh, well, that person, you know, was just cold and, you know, abrupt. And I don't exactly see it that way. I think there's a way to be direct in a respectful fashion, but women do, fear more than men do about this perceived bitchiness Mm. i i I definitely hear you on that and uh honestly i think you nailed it on the head um i'm not going to speak for the women but i think being direct and being honest with people 
gets you a lot further and, and helps you accomplish a lot more in life. But mm-hmm. you are more so of an expert that deals with it. So the next question I'm going to pose to you, because I struggle with this, and, and you referenced women um, being a B word, so I'm not going to say that word because I don't want to offend anybody. Okay. But okay. A- as for me, when I come off as direct sometimes, there's a fearful thing for guys who are nice guys that they come off as assholes. Mm-hmm. So it, mm-hmm. it's, it's two ends of the spectrum here. And being Certainly. direct and being honest, I think, is essential. I 100% agree with you. But you've taught classes. You've been in the trenches. How do you find that balance to come off and be direct and be straightforward without coming off as either a bitch or an asshole? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so I would say this is something that a dear friend of mine taught me, and I've certainly utilized it in the professional world. It's something called the feedback sandwich. Okay. Um, she went She went to the um, Ross Business School at the University of Michigan, um, a very well-respected school where she learned in one of her courses um, about the importance of putting something nice or thanking someone for their efforts at the top of the feedback inserting in the middle what you would like changed or maybe what you're requesting or suggesting from that person. And then you end it off again on a positive note, thanking Mm -hmm. that person again for their time uh, or, you know, whatever rendition is suited for that scenario. And the reason you do that is so it isn't all bad. And so it is well-received. And that's something that I've tried to utilize even with talking to my students. You know, um, I'd say that that is a group where you do have to be a little more sensitive just because they are still finding their way. You know, some of them are 18 years old um, and certainly sympathetic to that. So that is a space where I found it really impactful. So they don't get their feelings hurt. Um, about a certain thing. Um, but yeah, I'd say the feedback sandwich is really effective. Um, it allows people to, you know, take it, take the good with the bad. Yeah, I, I really love that. And I know uh, my wife's son was going to hear that and look at me and be like, yep, because uh, <laughs> uh, delivery, delivery is key. And sometimes being direct is essential. But uh, if you can end it in a positive note and kind of make sure what you're trying to say comes off in a, uh, in a kinder way or more positive way, then uh, I think it helps you get more, you know. Um, with your exactly, so. and you know, I wanted to, I wanted to just say congratulations. By the way, mabruk, as we say in Arabic, for uh, for your marriage, I'm so happy for you guys. I, I really appreciate that. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> That's awesome. And and you know, speaking of that too, you know, being direct can help you in finding a partner too, as you've, I'm sure, uh, discovered yourself, you know, even in, even in the dating world, um, it can help you because, you know, a lot of people don't want their time wasted. And if you're direct with people about what your intentions are, you know, I mean, you can speak to this better than I can, given that you are married. Well, a hundred percent. And I actually talked about that in the last podcast, when Selma and I started dating, we kind of, you know, let her know from the get go, like I'm dating here with the intent to marry, you know, we're not out here having fun. And I I think it's important to communicate that um, in your relationships and amongst your coworkers with what you want to accomplish or your bosses or whatever it might be. So intent and being direct is uh, essential. Now, you totally. did uh, you did mention becoming an effective communicator. Um, mm-hmm. So somebody like you and myself might not have as big of a problem communicating with 
outgoing personalities, if you will. <laughs> exactly. Someone who is a little bit more reserved and not as comfortable, how are they able to communicate more clearly and be more direct, would you say? Because I'm sure you've run into whether you're interviewing somebody for a story or a student that you've gone, gone about, but how, how does somebody who's an introvert and a little bit more reserved able to effectively communicate, would you say? Gosh, I think there's so many paths. That's a great question. Um, I'll say the first thing that comes to mind, and hopefully uh, it'll help spark um, some other pathways that I can explain for people. But the first thing that comes to mind, just as an example in my field, mm -hmm. um, I can't tell you the amount of people who are camera shy. I mean, it's it, not everybody is comfortable in front of it. Even I get nervous. And I've been doing this for you know several years now. Um, but I will say the first question I always ask people when they sit down for an interview is what's your favorite color and why? Okay. And it's, and you know, the first reaction is always a smile. The, the person chuckles to themselves and they're like, Oh, I don't, and I don't know why I really like it, but I like, do like this color. I don't know. I like it for my clothes I like this. And I, and you know, it starts a conversation with them. Okay. It starts things mm -hmm. off on a light note and it breaks the ice a little bit. Um, so in the, in my line of work, that is just one way to, um, you know, to sort of get that person comfortable and not feel like there's all this stress about, you know, this important topic that I'm about to interview them about it. It, it, it brings us down to a human level, um, where we're just, you know, shooting the shit, um, yeah. a little bit. Um, so I, I would definitely say humor and just being yourself is a great way uh, to break that barrier initially. And it's okay to be nervous to approach a big topic. And, and maybe if it's not a big topic, that's okay to be nervous. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, this is what I tell um, some coworkers and they are nervous about stuff. I say, you know what? Sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. Put on that brave face, put on that confidence shield and just work it until you get through it. And then the more times you do that, you'll build your confidence to be able to effectively communicate with people a hundred percent i love it so what's your favorite color and why sarah <laughs> <laughs> now i have to ask <laughs> i would definitely say red um because i think it's vibrant it stands out um it it uh you know exudes confidence and fierceness okay um so yeah i would say that's my that was that's my favorite color what about you me, it's blue actually, um, and it's not because I'm a diehard Cowboys fan, which we are going to season <laughs> around. Uh, when I was a kid, Space Jam used to be my favorite movie. Yes, the yes, goofy yes, yes. blue monster used to be one of my favorite characters. And how that's funny! How blue started becoming my favorite color, ironically. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I have to say, of all the times I've ever asked this question, that is the best response I've received. Wow, I'm a huge fan of that it. answer. <laughs> it's, it's all genuine. I'm being direct and honest here, so. <laughs> I love it. Good but, stuff. Uh, so that, that, that's a great example, though. You know, asking a question, and you can even do that with yourself, I feel like. If you're about to communicate, you can kind of talk to yourself, build yourself up. And what, what are you worried about? Just just say it. Just talk. Just be yourself. And uh, I really, really love that. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, another thing, too, there's no shame in, you know, practicing a tough conversation in front of the mirror. No I mean, doubt. It, there's there's no um, there's no problem with that. I actually prefer, 
you know, sometimes to gather my thoughts alone rather than use someone as a soundboard, although that's also an option. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, for you, it's your partner. I also communicate with my partner as well, um, you know, about life and, and big decisions. But sometimes I even find that I find more clarity is what I'm trying to say. If I just give myself my own space, my own time, it's just me, myself, and I, you know, trying to really um, pinpoint and fine tune what it is that I'm trying to say. So um, I think it's, it sounds a little silly, but it's, I cannot tell you the amount of times I've practiced a report, for example, in front of the Mm -hmm. mirror and it's helped. No doubt. No, talk to yourself in front of the mirror, journal, and uh yes you know, journaling is great yeah continue to work on yourself and self-growth and it's, it's going to come easier i think so which speaking of growth um getting into the next kind of topic you mentioned and talked about feedback and giving feedback and receiving feedback i think is critical to self-growth and the growth around you um, as well as to achieving the successes you want so mm-hmm. in your opinion feedback whether it's it's critical or that you're giving or receiving how would you classify that on a uh, essential meter of growth and how do you give feedback to others kind of tying back to the direct thing but how do you give feedback to others without coming off as oh i'm judgmental or whatnot in a positive and a negative way Yeah, you know, um, I I might be piggybacking off of the feedback sandwich um, yet again, because I really do think it's it's a great method. Again, you start off with something, you know, decently positive, maybe complimenting the person. Hey, I, I, I really admire the way that you, you know, presented, I'm just using a a a real world example for for someone else not necessarily in my field but I like the way that you presented this point to the client I thought you did that really effectively Mm. in the middle here's how I think you you can improve on that um you know I think that you could have talked a little slower I think that you um didn't use the slides well enough I think you could have pointed to them better and then you ended off with um you know I'm, I'm, I, uh, I also have struggled in the past, maybe relate to them um, with presenting. It can be very nerve wracking. And I'd like to say that, you know, given the circumstance and the presentation that you did, you did an excellent job. And I'm always happy to be here uh, to help you improve along the way. I've had a lot of people help me and I'd like to give that to you um, in the future and, and just being real with people, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, So that would be, one big example with the feedback sandwich and also I think people like relatability Mm. you know if you can identify with someone's struggles and kind of what they're working on and they see where you are at I think it's inspiring to them you know it shows them like once upon a time that person was in my shoes Mm -hmm. so um yeah I would say um you know and just again be direct leave out words I know I was just wondering, or would it be possible? It's like, just get to the point, just yeah. get to the point. And, and, and I'll say that, you know, personally, I love feedback. I love negative feedback more than I love positive feedback because somebody like me and I'm sure yourself and other people who are constantly trying to work and achieve what they want to achieve and work towards success wants to find ways to grow. And wants to find ways where they can take things and continue to work on themselves. 
And Sarah, you gave me feedback on this pot on this podcast, and it meant the I world did. to me. Yes, yeah. and, and that was a positive feedback, which is I appreciate, and I, I get the positive feedback. So you can be the person that gives people the positive feedback, and not necessarily the negative feedback. But exactly, you have to learn to to also people you're close with. At least I'm not saying come up to a stranger and be like, "Why are you wearing that?" Like <laughs> it makes mm-hmm. you look bad or something. But <laughs> you ha- you have to come up with a way to people you're close with giving them some constructive feedback to help them better themselves and they'll appreciate it if they're close to you and and they truly want to work on themselves so so well said so well said and the other thing too piggybacking Mm -hmm. off what you said sure was it's important to note who the feedback is coming from right because I'll be honest with you there's some people that give me feedback and I consider their work and what they've done and kind of you know um you know, what they've been able to accomplish. And and I do take that into whether or not I want to take that feedback. Feedback and advice are, it is, you're not signing a contract. Okay. So you are not obligated to follow that advice and feedback, but if you respect that person and there's a great mentor that you look up to, absolutely take that feedback. But if it's coming from someone who you kind of feel like is always dogging on you, they're not a cheerleader of you, Mm -hmm. uh, you feel like there might be a little bit of tension there, then, you know, let that feedback sink in for 24 hours. Maybe um, give yourself a moment to um, allow you to digest it and say, is this person, you know, do they have some points here? Am I overreacting? Am I getting, you know, maybe sensitive about what they have to say? Or do they really have my best interest at heart? So there's so many things that are at play. um, But I think, you know, noting who it's coming from is really important, too. Absolutely. Chew on it. It's your decision whether you want to spit it out or digest it. Um, Exactly. Just chew on it. And going back to the hurting the feelings and sensitive, that brings me to my next question to you. So it is somebody that you do appreciate their feedback from. How do you take? feedback or criticism without it hurting your feelings or being sensitive to it and actually being able to move on from it and grow from it. Yeah, I think I jumped the gun and I I touched on it before I was supposed to. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think, uh, you know, letting things just digest for a moment. I mean, I can't tell you, I've gotten a lot of um, negative feedback over the course of my journey, like you have, like we all have, that is a part of the journey. It is necessary. It's necessary. Um, You know, the most growth comes from times of friction and when, you know, we're challenged and I invite that. I think we should all invite that into our lives. No one is perfect and we all have areas where we can improve. So I think, you know, again, going back to the person who it's coming from, if you feel like this person is just, you know, I'll be honest with you. I had an experience like this at my, at my last workplace where I just had a few people who would just dog on me and dog on me and dog on me. But there was one of them who would, who would do that, but I respected her work so much that I took the good with the bad. I said, you know what? Maybe Mm. her delivery wasn't the nicest, but she's got a point. And that did not come that perspective was not offered to me and I did not see that perspective until I let it sink in. Sometimes 24 hours is not long enough. Sometimes you need a week to really see what that person is telling you. Um, but, you know, write, write the things down. I think everybody can teach you something. 
Um, and then, you know, revisit it maybe a week later when your emotions have subsided and really, you know, think maybe that person, you know, was onto something, was saying that I need to improve here. And, you know, and thank people for their time. Generally, people that give you feedback do have your best interests at heart. They do, generally. I, I like to believe that. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, if they're taking the time out of the day to to contribute to your growth or your journey, then, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, you can't be too sensitive and you have to learn how to let things go as well. So don't take things straight to heart. Uh, exactly. Like you mentioned, digest it and then learn from it and move on from it, you know, one way or another. So exactly. Yeah. And um, I, I, I go ahead. sorry, one other thing about that is, um, you know, uh, if any of my coworkers end up listening to this, they'll, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, we have a lot of people at my station who are just coming out of college. Right. Um, and you know, and I, I, as soon as they start, I just sort of tell them my style, you know, I tell them my producers, for instance, um, who, you know, I'm so proud of and we work very, very closely together. Um, but you know, everybody starts off somewhere and you need a little direction when you first start. And when, when all of them started, I told them, Hey, I'm a direct person. Um, if I just say a couple words to you, because we're in the thick of the show, do not be offended. This is my style. Um, after the show's over, I'm happy to shoot the shit, you know, talk about whatever it is you want to talk about, go over your work if you'd like to, but during showtime, I mean business. And if I talk to you, you know, just a few words, because that's all the time I have in the commercial break to talk to you about something. It's not because I have anything against you. It's just because we need to be brief. I mean, it's a four and a half hour newscast, you know what I'm saying? And like when, when details are pouring in and you don't have, you know, all the time in the world to discuss it for 30 minutes, you have to be brief. So Mm. I think it's important too, if you, uh, you know, I, again, I don't think everybody has to do that. That's just my particular style um, because of this thing that I tell you about. I think that a lot of women are fearful that people will peg them as a bitch. And um, I just wanted them to know right right out the gate that that's my style and that's how I operate and it's nothing against them. So that's not necessary, but it has worked for me. Yeah. And I, I think that's great. And you're, you're hearing it from somebody who's a professional in her field, who's finding great success and is moving up the ranks and she communicates, she's direct and it's vital, you know, come out of your shell, communicate with your coworkers, watch the synergy work better for you. And then also watch, you know, people have more respect for you along that journey. So Sarah, speaking of the journey, speaking of the success, I'm going to end this with one last question for you. People are listening to this. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are getting a lot out of this already. Key factors for success. Somebody just starting off or somebody who's older. Like you said, the age doesn't matter. It can take years. What do you contribute to factors of people finding success in whatever their journey might be for career or entrepreneurism or whatever it might be? Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that is just you know, I'm sure we could talk about that one question for hours at a time. Yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> you, but, you can be brief here. Just the stuff that, is, that has worked for you. So I would say, um, you know, I would definitely say being a well-rounded person makes you successful. 
Um, I do not think it's just one thing that defines us. You know, for the longest time, I actually, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like people, when they first talk to you and they start to get to know you, they ask you, so what do you do for a living? And then that mm-hmm. tends to like, you know, be the, the title card for you and who you are as a person. And it sort of represents your identity. And I don't believe that by the way. Yes. Sure. I'm a journalist, but I'm a lot of other things, <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm okay. a daughter. I'm, uh, I'm a girlfriend. I'm uh, a sister. I'm a coworker. Yes. Um, I'm a friend. I'm a volunteer. You know, I'm all these other things. And I really think that it's being well-rounded, which helps you be successful because everything comes in conjunction with each other. Right. I mean, your worlds tend to collide at some, some, some way or another. Um, whether that's your volunteerism, you know, coming into your workspace or your friend life, coming into your family life, just having a lot of things going on and being involved. I was just talking about this with my dad, um, mm. who is, you know, one of the most um, inspiring people to me. And he said, if people want to be a part of a community, they want to make change, they have to be involved. And, and I really think that that's, that's one way to success and also find a mentor, find Mm. someone that you trust for women out there. My advice is find a woman that will help you along the way. Not saying that men can't provide it either, but I think that there, you can relate to someone, um, you know, who grew up the same, same way as you, who identifies the same gender as you. Um, just because there are different implications for men and women in the work world. I hate to say it. I mean, we still don't get paid the same, you know, so we have to call a spade the spade and um, find a mentor that's going to guide you. And lastly, what I will say is believe in yourself. Believe Mm. in yourself. You are where you are for a reason. Self-doubt is normal, but try to quell it as soon as possible and do not let it get deeper than it needs to be believe in yourself. You're, you're smarter than you think you are. And, um, you're exactly where you need to be for a reason. Amen. Your, your mind's a powerful thing. Control it, work on yourself, believe in yourself. I loved everything you said there. So I really, really appreciate you getting on this, Sarah. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. I, uh, I am looking forward to you delivering national news one day. I'm putting that out in the universe. It Thank is you so much. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Uh, it's it's going to happen. So we're talking to her in the beginning stages. And, uh, <laughs> I, I am looking forward to hopefully getting you on the podcast again at some point down the road, too. So. I would love that. I would love that anytime. And it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course. Thank you. Have a good night. Stay safe. You too. You too. Take All care. Right. All right, it's that time of the episode for our quote of the episode. This quote actually comes from Frank Clark, who was an American lawyer and politician who served in public and private practice for nearly 50 years, with 20 of them being in the United States Congress. Quote, criticism, like rain, should be gentle enough to nourish a man's growth without destroying his roots. Close quote. And I I think that quote nails right on the head with everything we were talking about, you know, be direct, uh, offer feedback to people, but do it in a kind way, in a gentle way, get what you're trying to say across, but don't come across as a, in a certain manner. Same with feedback that you receive. It's important to listen to what's being said, but not feel obligated to accept everything being said. Criticism feedback has the ability to help you grow, but too much of it or reading too much into it 
also has the ability to destroy self-esteem and what's around you. So chew on it, make the decision whether you want to digest it or spit it out. It's up to you. I want to thank each and every one of you guys for tuning in to another episode of Hammer Time. Please like, comment, subscribe. Let me know your thoughts. Um, anybody else who would like to become a guest on the episode, feel free to reach out. It's all about spreading positivity, learning about each other's journeys, and applying lessons each and every one of us have learned in order to better ourselves. Um, whether it's the day, the night, the week, make it a great night, make it a great day, make it a great morning, make it a great week, and go out there and just do your thing. And for God's sake, let's get to work. <laughs>